You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saraciti. Joining me this evening via Skype and through many uh, technical difficulties is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, the entire Islanders season is over. Uh, they have been embarrassed at home by the Boston Bruins. Everybody's hurt. That's it. Turn out the lights. We could all go home, right? Yeah, it's, uh, that's definitely what it feels like. It feels like the, the Islanders are going to be the first team in NHL history to... Um, finish two points out of a division or win a division and still, you know, have their season end before the playoffs. So kudos to them for doing a very Islanders. If anybody could do it, it's definitely them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's been a kind of, um, dark couple of days. I don't know. I don't know how else if you, I feel like we're in like, what is the, the sunken place? Is that what it's <laughs> yeah, called? In, uh, it's straight. Uh, no, it's, uh, Oh uh, no, that's the upside <laughs> down. The sunken place is uh get out. Right. Get out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel like. We're that we're kind of right. like we're punching, we're punching, we're trying to punch our way out of there. Yeah, but can't. It's definitely a combination of those two places: the upside down, the sunken place. Yeah, it's it's all of these bad things all rolled into one. Uh, and of course, it feels that way because we are one day removed from the Islanders being embarrassed, shellacked, got their butt whipped, you know, d- dismantled is how our friends at Stanley Cup of Chowder put it by the Boston Bruins. And you know, 
like we've talked about the Bruins being way better at the Islanders at that type of game before. And, and, you know, them losing to the Bruins really, you know, in, in a vacuum isn't the end of the world. But the way it went down was really galling. I mean, if you haven't watched the game, by all means, do not go back and watch it. It was 5 nothing. The score was kind to the Islanders. They were outshot 39-13. to It's the lowest uh, shot total they've had at, at home this year, perhaps ever. I forget. Um, two two goals went in uh, off of the Islanders just overskating the puck and the Bruins being there. It was terrible. And, and I mean, you were there. So, I mean... People watching at home didn't even feel the full brunt of how awful that game was, right? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I was there with, with my my better half, and she's from Boston and is a Bruins fan. So even at the end, like towards the end of the game, she started to feel kind of bad, which I guess is <laughs> kind of gives you a look at the like the type of people we are. Because if that was the other way around, and the Islanders were up five nothing <laughs> on, on Boston in in TD Garden, like I'd be having a party. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean it's terrible. It was like. The, the Coliseum felt like it was in, you know, the dark years of like the late 90s or, or you know, 2009, 10, whatever, whatever bad year you want to point to. It was it, it, it emptied out pretty quickly. It was the, there were a ton of Bruins that fans there. And, uh, you know, you just were it was just like an angry, angry environment to be in if you were an Islander fan, um, because you just wanted to like go. I wanted to go down to the ice and just like yell at every one of those players individually because really nobody, I mean, Robin Leonard wasn't great, but he was probably the only one who showed up uh, to that game. When you're outshot 39 to 13, it's not the goalie's fault. I know there's a couple that he probably would want back in Butch Goring parlance, but give the dude a break. (laughs) The team was outshot 39 to 13, like, you know, five goals going in is actually pretty good, all things considered, but yeah, I I would let him off the hook. He, you know, it was his first game. I thought it was actually kind of a shrewd move by Trotz to start him in that game. Grice was coming off uh, first star of the week and he was playing so well. And Leonard hadn't uh, played since his injury. And I was like, this is it's like the right team to play him against because it's it's kind of like, yes, the Islanders needed to win that game because they need to win every game. But it's it's the type of game where it's like, you know, it's if, if a couple bad goals go in and Robin Leonard is, you know, at fault of losing to a. Uh, at fault for losing a game against, you know, the, the senators or something. It's, it's much different than playing a team like that. So I thought, you know, like the right decision to start him and um, let him like get, get his legs back under him. But the team just completely let him down, like completely. Yeah. That, that was really, that really, they sucked. let all of us down though. They let, yeah, all, they, <laughs> they let all of us down except for the, the guys who got hurt. And we're going to, we're going to spend a lot of the, the second half of this episode talking about uh, Valtteri Filppula and Jordan Eberle and Cal Clutterbuck and, Tanner Fritz, uh, how, how he works into all this, and we'll, we'll get to all that. But, yeah, I mean, they left. Uh, Thomas Hickey called the game gross. Uh, the the Islanders were left beaten and battered and, and bewildered uh, as to what happened. Um, and it was coming off of a game that the Islanders played on Sunday in Minnesota uh, where they won 3-2 in overtime. They did not play well in that game particularly either. Uh, they played fine in the first the first period was shots were nine apiece and things were seeming okay. Uh, but they ended up getting outshot 34 to 21 by the wild. Uh, the wild were two for six on the power play, which is uncharacteristic of the Islanders too. Um, but the Islanders won three, two in overtime. And it was funny because as poorly as they played in that game, they came away with a win. And one day before they had been in Detroit and outplayed the Red Wings from the opening faceoff. They they were by far the better team in that game and lost because Jonathan Bernier 
uh, had turned decided to turn into Terry Sawchuk or Chris Osgood or Dominic Hasek or Jim Rutherford or you know whoever your Red Wings goalie of choice is Tim Shevelday if you're an old uh, NHL uh, video game player um, and he just was unbeatable I mean he made 41 saves and at that point you kind of tip your cap and you're like hey, what are you gonna do um, and that game came off of the heels of a great game they played against the Montreal Canadiens who we're gonna talk again about later. Uh, at the Coliseum, they won that game. The Islanders did 2-1. Uh, Carey Price stood on his head, uh, but the Islanders managed to beat him twice. Once uh, uh, with about five minutes to go, Jordan, um, Anders Lee and Matthew Barzell hooking up for the goal there. So, I mean, it was a combination of two good games, two bad games, two wins in weird ways. <laughs> so, you know, we're joking, about obviously, about their, their season being over, but... This is kind of a weird time to be sort of up and down like this. I mean, Arthur Staples said in his Q&A on the Athletic Day, this is when you should be, like, gearing up and toning up for the playoffs, not being like, oh, my God, what what team is going to show up next? Uh, like, I, I couldn't agree more. It's – it's uh, I remember, like, last year, Trotz had those capitals. They kind of were up and down all season, but the last, like, 15 games, they just got their act together. And I was kind of looking forward to see if the Islanders could do that. And I just started – starting with that Red Wings game, I mean – they had not had a game like that all season where they had just completely 100%. Like, you couldn't make an argument against them deserving to win that game in regulation, but they couldn't do it. Um, if it you know what? It reminded me, you just were listing all those those Red Wings goalies, but uh, Joe, when Joey McDonald had, I think he had, like, yeah. do you remember that, like, 59, whatever? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, Legendary. Yeah, I think that <laughs> we, it, it's another, uh, it was, I'm pretty sure, another one of those games where the Islanders ended, like, a drought against the team that lasted years uh weren't we just talking about that game like two three episodes ago I, no i, I think like it I, came up recently i think that no well that we're talking about the grice game i think against the canadians maybe right. so it was like basically the same kind of situation where the islanders you know we're having trouble beating a team and the goalie finally stood on his head but yeah that joey mcdonald game i'll never uh i'll never forget <laughs> i was like I can't. it was like a new year's eve yeah wasn't it? It, it was, yeah. yep yeah <laughs> and they, i think they went two one or something but right uh yeah so like you know that that game just completely deserved the islanders deserved it um and it was coming off the back of a uh like you said a, a really trots islanders style victory against the canadians um in, in a game that like i mean i was saying afterwards like i've seen that game so many times in my life in the, as an islander fan and uh been on the canadian side of it where you you kind of hang with a team that was playing better than you and they still find a way to score in overtime I mean, before it gets to overtime, so you come away with nothing. Um, so I was still feeling pretty good Saturday afternoon. And then, yeah, that wild game, I don't know. Like, I, maybe they just, you know, maybe ran out of gas a little bit. Or, uh, But, you know, kudos to Thomas Grice for playing well uh, on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, yeah. And so, you know, getting four out of those six points – you could you could definitely argue was probably the fair result. You know they deserved two wins and probably a loss. And uh, you know it was feeling fine. I was feeling like this team. Uh, the wild game certainly was a little worrisome, but I felt like they kind of had fought their way out of um, you know whatever shadowy place they were in. And then that Bruins game came and it just you know rock bottomed so quickly. It, I've like they they went crashing down in that game just yeah. crashing down yeah scott mayfield said you know one team was playing may hockey and the other was playing october hockey and you could see some of the replies to uh i forget whose tweet it was but the replies were like dude that was like september hockey that was like 
you know, summer hockey was in whatever you guys were doing. And it was demoralizing and it was very un untrotzian, let's put it that way, you know. I mean, this is this is a team that has had has gotten very, very far on work ethic and structure. I mean, that's the word we've probably used more than any other this season. And uh, you know, if they've lost a game, it's usually because they kind of deserve to, although the Red Wings game is kind of the outlier there. Um, and they just didn't put forth the effort. Um, and, you know, again, they, they are kind of an undermanned team and they need everybody. They need all 22 guys pulling in the same direction. But nobody was pulling in any direction in that that Bruins game. I mean, I think Andrews Lee may have had two shots, right? I think that he was like the leader <laughs> in, the, uh, in the clubhouse. And it's just, you know, it, it's – you hope that – and we're getting to um, – their upcoming schedule involves another game against the Canadians, this time in Montreal. Uh, the Canadians are coming off of a, a win over Philly that I don't want to say put the stake in the Flyers, but it's pretty close. Uh, and so the the Canadians are trying to claw back into it. Um, and so you hope that it's just an outlier. It's a it's a one off thing. You know, teams have bad games, and that that's gonna. I mean, the, I think the Senators beat the Lightning sometime earlier this season, and just that kind of stuff happens. But um, they don't have any time to sit around and think about it. Like they have to go into Montreal. And they have to beat the Canadians like that. It's pretty tight right now that the loss. It's funny because the the loss to the Red Wings uh, came on a day where the Caps and Penguins lost, too. So it didn't really hurt the Islanders that much. Um, the And then the win in Minnesota put them right back in the first place. The game against the Bruins, the, you know, the, the Caps won, I think, the night before and Islanders losing to the Bruins couldn't vault them up near them. And then also the Penguins and Hurricanes went to a shootout, which was won by Carolina. So everything got a lot tighter and the Islanders need to get that game in Montreal. If they're going to, you know, solidify themselves and separate themselves again, still the athletic has them at a 98% chance to make the playoffs. They have uh, their magic win uh, number is 11, according to Eric Hornick, which could be down to seven with a win against the Canadians who were in ninth place. So, you know, it happened. There's not much we can do about it. Burn the tape, as Arthur Staples said, but they they can't sit around and think about it. They need to get a win Thursday night in Montreal. End of story. That's the way it is. Yeah. They, and hopefully they've, they've needed to do that before and they've done it. So I think, you know, it's it, it sucked that they lost that way, but hopefully it's it's a, you know, an opportunity for the coaching staff to peel the pain, I guess, a little bit and kind of just like, you know, kick these guys into gear. I think we forget a little bit that, uh, you know, got, uh, this this team is besides not having much talent on the roster like this is like kind of the first go around for for a lot of these guys in this sort of race uh you know Barzell right. and Devon Taves uh especially like so th- these are important players who uh Beauvillier like that that haven't been in this situation before and then there I mean obviously there are a ton of guys who are on the other side of that spectrum have been through it like a um you know a million times and they're so now hopefully they're the guys that are pulling you know these guys forward and sh- trying to show you know the way because that's the point you know when when all these guys were signed you know there was like well you need that kind of you know winning character in the room so now it's time for that to show up in in pulling pulling their weight and getting these guys mm-hmm. on board and showing them you know like we gotta you know i think barzell's like gripping this he's playing so well uh, i think yesterday maybe not mm-hmm. but he was probably the most uh visible forward i would say like there he made a couple really nice plays in the offensive zone uh, I thought he was fine, but uh, he's just not scoring, and uh, mm. and you know he's not really having like a production 
type impact on every game. Uh, but if if these guys can kind of get Barzell and Beauvillier and Devon Taves like over the line, uh, the Islanders are in a really good. They're still in a really good spot, even though it feels like they're you know a game away from being eliminated <laughs> if they lose. If they lose, I mean, if they lose to the Canadians tomorrow, especially with the um, kind of r- roster maneuverings, uh, I feel like Islander Twitter will just implode. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's the way it feels, and uh, I think part of that too is because um, you know we do want to see those young guys kind of push themselves over the line and get into the playoffs, but you know a lot of those older veteran guys that have been around. Uh, you know, aren't really kind of high on the the popularity scale, I would say. First and foremost of them is Andrew Ladd, the guy who, you know, we we keep harping on this, was brought in for these types of situations because he's the veteran leader who's won the Stanley Cups and all that stuff. And and he's been back for a few games now, and they kind of brought him back a little bit at a time. Trotz didn't want to play him back-to-backs or, you know, whatever, two out of three days, and that was fine, but... Now he's played a bunch of games in a row, and you know sometimes he looks okay, but he's just not putting the puck in the net. And with the injuries they have now, they're going to need him to do that. And like they can't have a guy who kind of who's you know thirty three and just sort of skates around a little bit and is okay defensively. Like they need a guy who's going to score goals. And I think that kind of goes for uh, you know a few other guys on the team. I don't want to bring up Josh Bailey because I know he's kind of a a powder keg for everybody. And he's got 50 points. So, I mean, he's done pretty well, but he's another guy who's going to have to step up a little bit and, and start putting the puck in the net. I mean, they've made it this far largely on the strength of Anders Lee and Brock Nelson, who have had good seasons. Barzell, obviously as the distributor and, uh, and Casey Zizekas who had, and he left for a while. He actually missed the two games over the weekend with an injury and he came. And so, so, the fact that they lost one is not surprising, but they need him there. And it's it, that just shows you how thin they are <laughs> at center, especially, is that they need Casey Sezikis because he's got 19 goals. And that's, you know, third on the team. They're going to need somebody to put the puck in the net if they're going to win some of these games. And it can't be just Lee, Nelson, uh, Barzell, and Sezikis. Like, that, that four, those four guys need help. <laughs> and that, that help is going to have to come from guys like Ladd, Beauvillier, Jordan Everly, who we'll talk about again, he's he might be injured now, um, but uh, yeah, it's I agree. Like it's the Islanders are a weird team in that they've got a guy, a bunch of guys who are really old, and a bunch of guys who are really young and who've never been through this before. And so, I mean, hell, even Robin Leonard. I mean, all those years in Buffalo, I mean, they weren't even anywhere close to the playoffs. So, I mean, this is all kind of new for him too. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to need everybody kind of pulling in the same direction if they're going to get themselves over the line and they are in, it's just it feels like they're the whole season is falling apart because these are the islanders and we've seen teams fall apart from any number of reasons from any number of uh situations and i don't want to feel like it is but it, you can't help feel like it is though right like it just that's the way it is yeah it does i mean and there were the there was like a pro uh a chance for like a little bit of optimism today if, if like maybe the islanders had kind of indicated a little bit of different you know lineup maneuvering with mm-hmm. uh, but th- that didn't come to be and I think that like th- the thing with lad that, that frustrates me is like after the game they they kind of asked him uh, I think it was gross asked you know or Brian Heyman whoever's covering the game said you know lad to ask lad where you know what what's to do about Philpola or you know what how the team's going to react about Philpola and he just gave like the boilerplate you know we've <laughs> we've handled adverse uh, you know injuries before and I was like 
No, they haven't. Like, yeah. <laughs> they've been very healthy all season. That's yeah. part of the reason they've, they've done, you know, have succeeded and, and kind of exceeded expectations is because Ladd and Hickey were really, I mean, there were some injuries early on in the year, but that was really it. And so, yeah. and I'm reading way too far into this, like very small quote that is, he's probably said a hundred times in his career, but it just shows that he kind of maybe isn't as engaged with the team. You know, he's been away for a while, obviously. It just isn't kind of un- doesn't understand what this team's been through. Um, and now we've been talking about how, like, for certain parts parts of the season, like Michael Dalcole was all of a sudden the most important player on the Islanders. He kind of made them go. Then it was Cal Clutterbuck when he got hurt. Like, you realize how important he was. Matt Martin, when he went down. Like, this, this kind of stretch right now, Andrew Ladd is pretty much the most important player because he's going to have to play top six minutes, play on the power play, and he's going to have to produce. That's frightening. <laughs> That's uh, like absolutely frightening that the idea of that. But you're right. You're you're 100 right. And yeah, he's going to need to step it up. And and I mean, if he's never going to live up to that contract, like period, he's never going to get there. But if he wanted to show something to the franchise that signed him to that ridiculous deal, now would be the time. You know, go into Montreal, score a goal, make something happen. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I wonder how engaged he was because when when they asked him about you know, making up for injuries, he's the injury. Like, so I mean, I don't know. It's almost like somebody he should have whoever the reporter was should have asked somebody else. Like, hey, have you dealt with this? How are you going to deal with Phil being gone? It's like, well, we dealt with this guy being out, so why wouldn't we deal with Phil Pula being out? So uh, I don't know. Uh, it's you know, again, he's the guy who who should be at the forefront of things and and should make things happen because they can't just win every game 2-1. Yeah, they played great against the Canadians at 1-2-1. Yeah, they lost against the Red They played great against the Red Wings but lost 2-1. And they played badly against the Wild and won 3-2. Like that, they, that's the way they've won this whole season. Uh, and if you're going to do that, that's fine. I shouldn't say you can't do that because they can. They have won that way, but... They're going to need somebody to score those, help score those two goals, and it can't just be the same four guys that have scored all year. And, and just one, one more thing about, like, uh, I know Arthur Staple had said, I think he called Ladd like creaky or something. In, yeah. In his Q and A, like that, you know, he's probably not a hundred percent, and he probably isn't a hundred percent, which is fine. But at this point in the season, like, he, he, you're supposed, no one's hundred yeah. percent. Like, not one guy on the team is, and you're, he's supposed to be the guy, even if he isn't a hundred percent. Like, he is supposed to be the guy that still bangs bodies and makes things happen by doing that and by just like willing his way to success. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because he's now like just the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to overreact, but I will like, like it, this, this Islander success really is, uh, he's like paramount to it. Yeah, I know. And, uh, again, I kind of wish I, I could say that to him, you know, just be like, Andrew, <laughs> like I, I know, I know the season hasn't gone to plan and, and like nobody really is thrilled with you around here, but you can, you can make people, a, a one hot goal scoring streak, streak, and people will be buying right. your jersey. Like that's it. It only has to last nine games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you know, get him into the playoffs. Uh, I wonder if maybe that's why they brought him in uh, to ride shotgun with John Tavares because they have the same sort of like wet paper towel personality. <laughs> you know, like this, two guys that you know you could put a grenade in their pants and they would never even flinch. You know, it was like yeah, all right, whatever. So. Uh, but, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the, the upcoming changes and, and where they go for these future, uh, games they have coming up this week, right after these messages. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, we're back. Uh, so yeah, they have, uh, the Islanders have games, uh, coming up Thursday in Montreal, uh, Friday, a uh, Saturday, excuse me, in Philadelphia, which is a whole other horror story. Uh, sa- Sunday, they are home to the suddenly playoff, uh, entrenched, uh, Arizona Coyotes. And then Tuesday they play the, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, I believe again. So uh, in Columbus, um, so Let's uh, let's start with the game in Montreal, and there's going to be changes because, as we said, Val Philpa left left the uh, the Bruins game with an uh, upper body injury, believed to be his shoulder. Uh, Jordan Eberle was announced as be- he's out four weeks, by the way, Philpa. So, should the Islanders qualify for the playoffs, and again, there's still a pretty good chance that they are, in case you forgot, um, he will not be available for at least the first couple of games of that series, whatever, whoever it's against. Uh, Jordan Eberle was announced today as being day to day. He's traveling with the team, so I guess the feeling is that maybe day to day meant just today. Um, but also, if it's not a huge deal, um, they are going to be home on Sunday, and you know maybe they'll have just Tom Kuhnhackel or somebody play uh, in his stead in in two games, which again is not a great idea. But we'll talk about that. Uh, and then they called up just this after, this evening. They called up Tanner Fritz from uh Bridgeport. Now, honestly, uh, I'm I mean nobody's really thrilled about it, but I am heartened by the fact that his name is Tanner Fritz and not Steve Bernier or even worse, Steven Gianta. Uh, he's not either of those two guys, so we should be thankful for that. No, he's not Josh Hosang, but Josh Hosang isn't a center, which is what they need. And I, I, when people are like, "Oh, where's Hosang?" was it like the dude plays a different position and they have no centers. Literally, the entire organization you are looking at all the centers, and one of them is hurt now. So Fritz was really the only move they could make. I mean, they could have brought up Otto Koivula, I guess, but he's still kind of too raw. Um, so I'm I'm ha- hopeful that Fritz can, you know, because he did show something in his last NHL call-up last year. So I, I think it's not the worst thing in the world, but like we've been saying, they're, they're going to need help from some of these guys. And if Eberly is out for a long time, you know, they're going to need to call up Hosang because Tom Kuhnhackle ain't going to carry. Like, he just ain't. The Fritz thing to me was the Islanders could have done a couple other things that maybe could have made room for Hosang, but I, like they're just never going to do that. The Islanders are very much – they've been this way under snow too. Like It's a, always a like-for-like like swap. Uh, and and I, people were saying maybe they could play uh, Beauvillier or or Bailey at center, and I just don't think they wanted to, to do that. You know, I think Bailey fits, fits like the – 
the wing on uh, the worst line okay. Like he, <laughs> they, the, the numbers haven't been good at all, but I'd much rather see Josh Bailey playing on a line there, like and like some you know because he has like a little bit of scoring touch and is responsible defensively. Um, then you know putting Leo Komarov and Tom Tom Kunakl on the same line. Uh, Long-time uh, Lighthouse Hockey readers uh, will remember the days of the is Bailey a center or a winger debates, which raged for months, literally months, until finally it was determined he's a damn winger, and he's been very successful at the wing over the yes. last like four or five years or so. Yeah, so I, I mean, I and, and I think Tanner like Tanner Fritz can score. He's I think he's got something like you know eighteen goals or something this year in Bridgeport. Yeah. He's I think he's fine. a half a point a play a half a point a game. I think is thereabouts, maybe just a shade above. So and, and I hope uh, like I hope it's still we see the line tomorrow. And there is maybe a little bit more of like a shakeup than than just Fritz, you know, sliding in for Philpola and playing with Komarov. That the the question that we've asked and will be asked now is like, what does Leo Komarov had to do to kind of get scratched? Um, which I think we've now learned is basically you know. <laughs> <laughs> pull like a Ponzi scheme or something. I, I, don't, I, I don't know yeah. what, I, you know, he's, he, there's nothing any of us can do. Like Leo Komarov is going to be playing left wing or wherever he plays yeah. on the third line for uh, this team, unless, you know, something happens. Like, according to Staples Q and a today, it's all about the PK and it's got everything to do with the penalty kill. And Del Cole will get into one of these games. That's a guy we haven't talked about too. I mean, we would all rather see Michael Del Cole in the game than, than Tom Kuhnhackle. <laughs> um, Dalcola, he's been a scratch for five game, straight games. Uh, he's probably going to get in. Trotz was just saying that they needed you know somebody who could, I guess, be more defensively, whatever, maybe even play on the PK. But that's the reason like Leo hasn't sat. And we talked about this last week or a week, week or two ago. Like, I think it, now you can't. Now you're stuck because you got to play him. But it would have been beneficial, I think, to give Leo a couple of games off. And the funny thing about Trotz is that you know, for all the complaining that people have done the last couple of days about the lineups, like he's he's sat Johnny Boychuk. Like Johnny Boychuk has been a healthy scratch for two games because Trotz liked the way the defense was playing, and like that's got to take a really like a set of real steel balls <laughs> to go up to Johnny Boychuk and be like, you know, the the clubhouse leader and and uh, you know Stanley Cup champion and guy everybody loves. We love him too, and just be like, no man you're going to take the night off and you're going to sit. I mean, I'm sure Johnny wasn't happy about it. So it's not that Trotz is a friend. I mean, even with Ladd, like I'm sure Ladd came off of IR and was like, okay, coach, I'm ready to back in. And Trotz was like, no, nah, you're going to sit for a minute. So it's not like Trotz is afraid to healthy scratch a veteran. It's just you wish that Leo Komarov was that veteran that he would scratch at least once or twice. Yeah. But again, I think they're just stuck now. And so, Yeah, they're, they're stuck. Yeah. And the, yeah. I think the Boychuk thing too like, – I was actually kind of surprised he said something along those lines because I thought he would just say, you know, he just got hurt. He's yeah. played a long season. We really need Johnny Boychuk for the playoff run. And, you know, right. a couple of days off would be good for a guy. Which is age. fine. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I, that's what I was kind of hoping for. I was actually kind of surprised he's, he kind of went off, <laughs> went off script there. Um, but the Islanders are extremely fortunate that they have seven, you know, healthy, good defensemen. Uh, it's It's basically kept their season alive, like, their their strength is obviously from the back forward and uh but yeah like that the the penalty kill thing too i i guess like it kind of makes sense like me you the rest of islander fans don't know like what goes into making a lineup like that like could but i i at, at the same time i just think like i think michael del cole and you know you can find probably find one other penalty killer if if it means getting del cole in the lineup over uh camera but 
you know, that's that's not that's why we're sitting here on a Wednesday <laughs> night and not, you know, preparing for Montreal tomorrow. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm just kind of thinking over in my head. Um, I, I mean, again, we'd like to see Michael Del Cole get back in the lineup regardless. Um, I think I if if Eberly is indeed out and again, he did travel with the team. So I think they maybe they'll just see how he feels tomorrow morning or at the warm ups or whatever. Um I would like to see Doc Cole play with with uh, Barzell and Lee. I wonder how that would work. You know, two two guys who are pretty good in the corners. Um, but you know, I think you know we talked about Doc Cole being a, a good defensive presence and a guy who can get you the puck and kind of hound. You know, get, he's the guy who who gets the puck. And when guys like Barzell and Lee, that's what they need. I mean, just feed the puck to Barzell and he'll figure it out. And then obviously Lee is sort of net front guy. I think that would be an interesting line to try. I mean, again, that's not up to me, unfortunately. Um, then I guess you would you could have, uh, you know, Nelson, maybe Beauvillier and and uh, Bailey uh, on the second line. You know, that's kind of a defensively weak line, I would think. Although Brock has been much better this season, um, so I don't know that that would probably be where I put those guys. And then of course you have Fritz, I guess Lad and Komarov. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to try somebody there. It's just it's a team full it's a team full of square pegs and round holes. Like it really and that's is. How, and that's how it's been and that's why they were so lucky that their depth hasn't really been tested to this point. Like think right. when I saw Tom Kunakel taking practice in like that third line center role today or Yeah, we all thought Leo was scratched. <laughs> yeah, I was like what the hell is right. going on? Like and and then yeah, I just I don't I think at this point like you, if you're playing your best lineup it, it, or if you're playing what Trotz thinks is the best lineup is going to be Fritz, you know, playing in between probably Komarov and Kunakel, and he's probably not going to – if if Everly's in, he probably won't play yeah. Del Cole, which right. is very unfortunate. And then so after the game against the Canadians, they have to go into Philadelphia and play the Flyers, a team that has bedeviled the Islanders now all season long. Uh, before the uh, that game against the Bruins, the most disappointing game of the last month or so was – that home game against the Flyers on Bill Torrey night, everybody was all excited, and the Islanders fell fat, flat in their faces and lost five to one. They lost. Uh, that was the second time they lost the Flyers that week. It also fell in their faces, you know, a couple of days earlier uh, in a four nothing loss. So now they have to go into Philadelphia to try and salvage this season series. Uh, I am definitely not looking forward to that game. Yet another reason why I'm really hoping they can win in Montreal, <laughs> uh, a place that actually hasn't been too bad for them uh, on Thursday. I'm really not. Uh, I'm actually going to see Captain. I'm not Captain. <laughs> geez, I'm going to see Shazam uh, that afternoon. So I'm actually going to have to leave the house before the game is over. So I'm hoping that it's decided kind of either way so I don't have to interrupt my uh, my movie watching to see what the hell happened. But uh, I'm not looking forward. I'm really I'm, – I'm more nervous about that game – than I was even about the Bruins game and saw how that turned out. Yeah, I, I uh, let's just, you know, like you said, you, you hope that they get to two points or at least a point out of Montreal. The reason I'm, I'm not terribly concerned about the Flyer game is that they hopefully by that point, you know, the Flyers have kind of just mailed it in. They're like, all right, we're done. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're, I think they play tomorrow. So if they lose right. tomorrow and are kind of just in like play out the string mode because there'll be like eight games left. And, um, It'll be a bunch of guys from Lehigh Valley. Basically. Yeah, let's just hope. Let's just hope it's that. I, I mean, they, uh, they, they should. I feel like they should just match up well against that team too, because the Flyers are 
especially with Scott Gordon like trying to play that you know high press style, the Islanders should be able to absorb absorb uh, that offense and, and shoot it back the other way for, on counterattacks. But it just hasn't worked for them in the uh, in the games they played against them. And uh, yeah, I mean you you need three out of four points out of those two games uh, to then go. I think what's the Coyotes game at three o'clock on Sunday, which yeah. is just another really really <laughs> strange like. Like the NHL yeah. is just like throwing these like weird banana skins in in mm. in the Islanders schedule. I think you know. I think obviously these are computerized schedule makers, but I just think the Islanders, the NHL, was probably just put the setting to be like this team's not going to be contending, so let's just <laughs> you know just make it wonky as hell. It won't matter. No one's going to be watching anyways. Um, yeah, so like those, you can't you can't not come away with five out of six points if they want to stay in the division race, and yeah. uh, if they don't like it's. If they don't stay, stay in, in uh, kind of shouting distance of the Capitals, it means that they've now dropped into the shouting distance of the last playoff seed. Like, sure, they're not guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but like, let's just assume that they get in. Like, if mm. you do not want to be the, caught by the Blue Jackets and Hurricanes and, Cana- uh, and Canadians, whoever else is, you know, coming coming for you in that uh, second wild card spot. So, like, if Dropping three points out out of these next six will put them in that wild card race, which will be a disaster. Yeah, that that would definitely be bad. Um, by the way, uh, breaking news: so the uh, Caps uh, lost in overtime to the Lightning tonight, five uh, four. So their lead now in the division is three games. So even if the Islanders were to win in Montreal Thursday, uh, they would not jump back into first place. And this is exactly what you're talking about. Like if you lose points. Before you know it, you go from second in the division to a wild card spot, and you're losing your home ice advantage, which for the Islanders would be huge. Um, you know, not all is lost. I mean, there's still time to you know get back to the division lead, or at least finish in second place, get home ice for the first round. Um, but yeah, this is not a time to kind of be uh, not focused and and go into a, an arena <laughs> into a game not looking you know, sharp and being ready. And I have been on the Broad Street Hockey Podcast twice now. I'm going to be on it again on Friday night talking to Kelly. And uh, the last time we spoke, she asked me if uh, the Flyers did anything in the previous game that I thought, you know, kind of messed the Islanders up. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think if the Islanders come out and play their game, they'll be all right. Well, clearly I was wrong because something the Flyers do mess the Islanders up a lot. And we saw a lot of odd man rushes against them in the two games they've played recently. And, and that's something that the Islanders need to stop. That We haven't seen too many odd man rushes against the Islanders at all. And somehow the Flyers have figured out the formula for, for getting behind the Islanders' D and, and getting those odd man rushes. And the goalies haven't played particularly well against Philly this year for some reason. I don't know why. And then, you know, the, with the Coyotes, I mean, how many years now has it been where even for the Islanders, you look at a game against the Coyotes and you're like, oh, man, that's two points they're going to have. Like, this team is not that good. Well, guess what? They're a playoff team right now. And that team is going to want to solidify their their playoff position too. And man, if you're a Western Conference team, that's got to really suck to come out to New York in March. You know, like why is that? Why? Why? Yeah, it's like, why it's like the same out? thing as as the Islanders. Yeah. Thing. Maybe it's the Coyotes. They're like this team's not going to contend. Nobody, yeah. you know, really cares about them outside of Arizona. And uh, right. So let's just throw you know we'll just throw them there. I, I mean I've actually paid a little bit of attention to them this season mm. because I, I bet them before the season started to win the Stanley Cup. They were hundred to one. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> I because I think Anti Ranta is just like he's a really good goalie and he's been yeah. hurt all year. Right. And they they you know they they've still you know kind of just stayed afloat in the, the terrible West. But 
um, they're yeah. They, I mean, they have like some skill up and down uh, the lineup, and obviously like Ekman Larson's real good, and uh, Galchenyuk. Like, there, there's there's a lot of talent there. Um, but like you said, like this is a team that the Islanders sh- they're going to be favored. Like they sh- going away, but it's just it's hard to like <laughs> to imagine the Islanders doing that to anyone. Like I know, yeah. Like when was the last time the Islanders? I'm sh- I know, like they they really outplayed the Canadians and and they played really well against the Red Wings, but they didn't blow either team out. Like the last time the Islanders blew the doors off someone was against the Leafs, and yeah, and sure they're not the type of team to be set up to do that. But if you're a team contending for first place in the division, you need to be able to do that one to just have a couple no doubters. Yeah, I would yeah. just lo- like like if they can do if they can put in like if say like they lose the canadians or they lose one of the if they can just put in like an effort where they do blow the doors off a team and perhaps you know grab a point or two in the other game like i'll be a little encouraged as well like i just love there's been no you know hang your hat performance like that since the leafs game yeah the uh i mean the only they they blew the doors off the the kings remember that that was way back early in the season they won seven to one or something and then um, I feel like there was another one. Yeah, the Leafs game was uh, yeah, what was that five one? Yeah, both Leafs games. Yeah, but like it's just it's been they've been too far yeah. in between. They haven't put together a stretch of right. uh, games. I really thought that Canadians Red Wings game like this would be the stretch, <laughs> but yeah. it's not. Yeah, the <laughs> the Red Wings went and messed everything up. <laughs> that that should have been it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, and I think you know, I mean, I don't know if the players would would admit it, but. I feel like if they got a blowout, like where they just, you know, everything was going in and it was kind of a laugher, I think they would appreciate that too. Like they, you know, it's been, they've been under so much pressure all year to kind of keep afloat that I, I think they would like one of those kind of blowouts too. Um, they obviously just got blown out, so they would probably like to return the favor to somebody else. Um, but uh, it's, it, it, this is such a brutal week. And the more I thought about coming into it, the more worried I was. You know, I, last week I was I they played the Canadians great, and I was like, that's awesome. And then they played the Red Wings really well, and I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, again, the, the game against the, the Wild, they they were nine and zero at one point on back to backs this season, the second night of back to backs, and so I thought like it was kind of like that. They the fact that they played pretty poorly and still lost, I thought was kind of a karmic retribution thing. Uh, this is the way teams normally look on back to backs, so I mean, I wouldn't be. It, it, the fact that it's happening in March, unlike the twelfth back-to-back of the year, didn't really bug me. But having seen them, you know, fall completely on their faces against the Bruins has really made me worry for this week. And there's a potential here for this whole thing to come really off the rails. And you know, I know we joked at the top that the season was over, but you know, this is between going to Montreal, going into Philly against hosting another playoff team, and then oh yeah, by the way, next week they got the Blue Jackets. And Winnipeg Jets, you know, things can get really ugly in a hurry here. And not only would that suck for them playoff seating wise, but man, just this has been such a fun season. And like you really want to you really want to see them rewarded for, it. you know, I mean, they've they've squelched so many of the questions that we've had for them and and they've put to bed so many of the concerns that we all had. I mean, geez, we've said it a million times. We almost didn't even do this podcast because we didn't know what we were going to do this year. And not only have we had fun, but it's been a great time watching this team and kind of seeing how they formulate, you know, how they've changed. And it's been great. And I would hate for them to kind of 
end up as the seventh or eighth seed and then you know have to play somebody in the first round that is going to blow the – God forbid, they, if they end up in seventh seed and end up playing the Caps – in the first round, I mean that's that's a tough that's a tough go. Yeah, maybe they can win, but that's gonna be rough. And then God forbid they end up eighth and they have to play Tampa. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> You're yeah, done. It's, so it's just that they deserve so much more than that, right? They deserve yeah. so much more than being the, yeah. the, the, the you know two thousand six seven Islanders where they got bounced in the first round. And uh, this is this team deserves to to you know put, write a cool chapter of Islander history. Like they sure. are definitely they've already done it, but they they deserve like a you know at least a decent ending and uh that's what that's you know that's what's unfortunate and obviously sports are you know life is unfair sports are unfair <laughs> but like this is this team deserves so much more and like that, that's what I, I is the most concerning part is like you just hope that they they realize like that and, and aren't yeah. or or that i guess maybe don't realize and aren't like kind of resting on oh well we weren't supposed to be here anyways and but i i mean i haven't seen that it's like yesterday was the first yesterday was the first game where i really felt like they kind of just threw in a towel right away. Like they just were like, this game, it's just not for us. Like we're not, I don't want to be here whatever. And then obviously it's demoralizing to see, you know, Val Philpola, who his, his one year deal, his one year, uh, like basically no, there was really no kind of risk to his deal besides the fact that he, he sure he's not mm. the greatest player anymore, but he, he showed up in spades. Like this, this guy, he scored, he scored 130 goals this season on like 130, <laughs> 131 shots. And, right. Uh, you know, I, I always joke that like Casey Zizekas's goal total is like an, you know, we say NHL best, meaning they lead the league in goals, but like Casey Zizekas probably has the NHL is, you know, his 19 goals are the NHL is the NHL best because <laughs> the fact that Casey Zizekas has 19 goals is just mind blowing. Right. And I think Phil, Phil Pula is like right behind him in that kind of pecking order. And, uh, so maybe like that kind of jumps the ship that they want to win and, and get like bow back out there for the second round or when he's back. But dark. It's hopefully it's one of those um, darkest before the dawn kind of scenarios, <laughs> and not and not darkest before it's just the lights are out yeah. completely. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, that's hopefully this is just yeah exactly the low ebb before rising like a phoenix out of Arizona, as Frank Costanza would say. Um, all right, let's uh, let's start to wrap this up before uh, my computer decides to freak out again. Um, so. Couple of things. Uh, thanks to everyone for coming out to the Isles Buzz Live podcast at the Offside Tavern on Saturday. Uh, everybody asked for you, Mike. Just so you know, uh, they were all like, "Hey, where's Mike?" And I was like, "He couldn't make it. Maybe next time." <laughs> um, but uh, we had a great time. If you haven't listened to it yet, you should. It's it's you know about an hour and forty five minutes long, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, I had never met Dan, other Dan before. He's great. He kind of held court, told a lot of great stories, a lot, a lot of great whaler stories. If uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, Pierre McGuire's name came up and uh, found out that Jimmy Page is eating at the Sabaros Pizza in the uh, the mall up there where the uh, the Whalers played. So that was disappointing, I got to say. <laughs> find out Jimmy Page, picture Jimmy Page eating Sabaros Pizza is really, really sad. Um, but we had a great time. Uh, all the guests were great. CJ Papa, Nick Hershon, Jillian Fisher, uh, everybody had a great time. And uh, Nick, the owner of the Offside. The Offside is great, by the way. I'd never been there before. It's such an awesome place. I mean, they have Mario Kart Mondays there, but it's a great size. There's a room in the back where we were able to watch a game and enjoy it. And then they have like, you know, the the podcast area there for other live podcasts. And it's just and it's it's stupid easy to get to. I mean, I get lost in the city, just you know, turning a corner, but. It's between probably half a dozen different subway stations, so 
if you're anywhere in the city, you can get to 14th between 6th and 7th. You go down there. It's awesome. It, it really is. I, I, I'm glad I finally went. I had a couple of Oyster Bay Brewing barn rockers while I was there, so I was really feeling the Islanders moment. And I definitely will be back again. So uh, thanks for everybody coming out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, sneakyathletic.com. Put anxiety in the discount code box. You save yourself 10%. They got lots of cool stuff down there. Check it out. We've been saying it all year. Sneakyathletic.com. Save yourself some money. Put in anxiety in the discount code box. This week's NHLnames.com. NHL name of the week is... Good coverage there by Lebushkin. Ilya Lebushkin of the... Arizona Coyotes. I hope he plays. He's with them, but he hadn't played the last game. So there's. I one. thought you were just going to go with uh, Nicholas Jarmelson, who was used with an Islander draft pick in that Alex Karpetsev trade. Was it really? Yeah. Are you kidding? Not kidding. Oh, my God. I didn't know yeah. that. That's unbelievable. Yep. There's a lot of Isn't guys it? that are around like that. That was like, wait, that guy was an Islander's draft pick? Jeez, yeah. Because so yeah. many trades. God. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm I, sad I, that I didn't. I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that was that was during the era where the Islanders were like sort of decent and would make the one trade at the deadline and get you know like the Yanni Ninimas or Richard mm. Zednicks of the world. Right. And they'd always try not to come play for the Islanders. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wow. Well, so yeah. So all right. Well, Labushkin is uh, is with the team. He hadn't he didn't play in the last game, but he's with them and he's played I guess for a little while. So. Uh, I didn't know who this person was. I thought he was totally made up. But uh, if if you don't like that, Nicholas Harmelson, Super Nintendo Charmelson, uh, is also a uh, a candidate there. He, I mean, I figured everybody knew him because he's been around and he won all those cups with the Blackhawks. And yeah, he's got a weird helmet. He's one of those guys. He's like in the uh, the Ryan Getzlaff club. Like the helmet doesn't look like it fits him. And yeah, Leo Komarov's in that club yeah. too. Leo Komarov's helmet is pointing up at all times. <laughs> well, because he doesn't like the visor, but he wears yeah, it. So I, he, yeah. But, like, Ryan Getzlaff looks like he's been wearing the same helmet since he was, like, eight years old. And he's got, like, a huge adult head now. And it's he's still wearing this tiny helmet. So Yeah, and actually, I have to admit, I know you, you, you like Roman Turek because of his yeah. Iron Man mask. And I like Roman Turek because of his Iron Man mask. But uh, <laughs> his his name popped up on the, like, on this date in history at the Coliseum hmm. scoreboard. Uh, when Ro- I I can't remember the context of the game, but Roman Hammerlick scored on Roman Turek, and uh, <laughs> that was the state. And, and then a couple, you know, who another guy who popped up on one of those things where I, I tried to take a picture, but it disappeared right before was uh, Cliff Ronning. Oh, Cliff wow. Ronning popped up. I was like, Man. talking about one of the all time greats. Yes, all time great forgotten Islanders, Cliff Ronning. Cliff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he got he got to wear those orange third jerseys, and yeah, I just think about Cliff Ronning and those orange third jerseys, and and. It's impossible not to smile. That's so funny. He's he's definitely we gotta we gotta do like a uh, a roundtable of like all the Islanders that people forgot were Islanders, and Cliff Ronning is absolutely at the head of the list. Like he's a guy yeah, who he's yeah unbelievably. I mean, I think for people outside of the Islanders, Trevor Linden might be one of those guys. I will never forget Trevor Linden as an Islander, but I think for a lot of other people, they're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. You know, he's another one. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I just had another guy in my head too, and I totally forgot. Oh, John Van Beesbrook. Actually, we were talking about that uh, on Saturday. Me, Nolan, Dan talking about yeah, how weird it, how weird was it that John Van Beesbrook was an Islander? It's just so odd. Yeah, um, yeah, they've, they've had they've had a lot of them. yeah, and, and yeah, Ronning. I think Ronning was like the first. Well, I, Chris Osgood was like the first yeah. one where I was like, wow, I can't believe they got Chris Osgood. Like he was one of my heroes. Like I always thought Cliff, Cliff Ronning was awesome. You know, a little small mm-hmm. dude, and he's like with the the Predators and. Uh, 
was just like, this guy, this guy's good. And then he was an Islander. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I saw, saw his first ever game as an Islander, too. <laughs> or maybe first home game. Wow. Amazing. He was always one of those good, like, uh, NHL uh, video game players, too. Like in the old yeah. Genesis games, he was always really good, and it was he was one of those guys that you, you knew he wasn't that good in real life, but it was just awesome that he was good in that in video games. You know, like I'm just I'll take it. And it's yeah, just, exactly. Like Craig Janney too. Like Craig Janney was an okay player. He was a good, very good player actually. But on on Sega Genesis, he was just awesome. And you're like this guy's really not this good, but I like that he's he's good here. Um, I want to make a, a special shout out to a to a listener. Uh, Dan Hogg is uh, a listener from way out in the east end uh, of Long Island. Uh, he once again, th- this is the only way I get shout outs is when people meet my sister. And then my sister is like, hey, this guy listens to your podcast. So, uh, <laughs> Dan, thanks for listening. Uh, th- uh, we really appreciate it. Keeping uh, our numbers high out there on the east end where uh, people forget Islanders fans live out there. You know, like, you know, it's not all about Nassau County, Suffolk County, too. Yes. Um, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike at the Big Lebowski on Twitter. You should read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. The Islanders need to win on Thursday in Montreal. I don't know how many times I've said it. That's about it. That's all I can say. What else? Did I miss anything? No, they just, please, God, let them not blow this. <laughs> there it is. I think you just summed up the entire episode in one (laughs) sentence. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you uh, next week, possibly uh, as early as uh, uh, Monday evening. Uh, We're going to try and get together uh, after that Coyotes game and then preview the the four games that are coming up. Okay. Thanks a lot. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.